time for Lickin' On Lending. Welcome, everybody. Good to have you with us. Welcome to Lickin' On Lending, a weekly mortgage market update providing up-to-the-minute information on interest rates, loan programs, and hot industry news, all related to the mortgage industry. Brought to you by Transformational Mortgage Solutions. To participate in today's program, our guest call in line is 646-716-4972. Now here's your host of Lickin' On Lending, David Lickin. Let's begin. Welcome, everybody. Good to have you back on. As you guys know, last week I got hit with COVID, but we're back, and I'm back. I've never felt so good to be back on the podcast, but it is so good. You value health, especially when you don't have it there for a while. But anyway, we're here Monday, December 13th. This podcast is created by mortgage professionals. It is for mortgage professionals, and we're literally so grateful to have you as our listeners. And again, our commitment is to bring you timely information in an audio format that you can listen to anytime, anywhere. We've got in the Hot Topic segment, Debbie Wings. Debbie is the founder of DW Consulting. It's a great story. You know, there's a lot of moving going on in the mortgage industry. And I think it's so timely that we have Debbie come on and talk about your LinkedIn profile. A LinkedIn profile is becoming the way in which we communicate and talk about ourselves and, and really put ourselves out there as professionals. And she's going to give us some great tips. And there's so much she can go into. And I love, more importantly, Debbie reinvented herself and her career. So you're going to hear all about it in the Hot Topic segment. So stay tuned into the Hot Topic segment today. And I recommend you share this with many of your coworkers. Many owners listen to this podcast. Many senior executives and managers share this with your people because a lot of how you put yourself out there will determine your own success and your business success. And here's the other thing. Investors are starting to look at these LinkedIn profiles. They, they've been doing it for some period of time. Is who runs secondary, who runs underwriting, who runs uh, quality control. Having a strong profile that communicates your professional background and does it in a way that represents you and your company well, it benefits you. So pay attention to the Hot Topics segment. We're looking forward to that. We're pleased to be a part of the Industry Syndicate. Check out all the podcasts on industrysyndicate.com. Also, thrilled to have our sponsors, the Mortgage Bankers Association of America, as well as Finaster, the Fusion Mortgage Bot Solution. We've been doing some webinars with them. Encourage you to check out those. You can go onto their website, go back and listen to those. Also, Lenders One, as well as the Mortgage Collaborative, both of these co-ops do a great job of getting lenders and vendors and your peers together to talk about what's going on in the industry and be able to compare notes. Peer data, being able to talk to lenders of your like size, some of the issues you're facing, is, can make such a difference. These organizations are solid, as well as Community Mortgage Lenders of America, as well as Incelerate. Knowledge Coop does a great job with Ken Perry and his team. Does a great job in keeping you trained and helping you have a learning management system that's a part of your company that is customized and then also can provide so much content. Also, Mobility MMI, the Mortgage Market Intelligence, they do a great job of helping you recruit LOs. Ben Turnick is going to be our guest next week. Also, Modex does a great job of helping recruit. Modex and Mobility MMI, they really complement each other. I encourage you to check out both of these companies. We have an increasing number of our clients that are using both companies, and they see the advantages of both. The interview with Dale Larson that we had on November 22nd with Dale and Dale was really good. Also, SnapDocs, digitizing your mortgage closing to offer better experience for your closing teams. you got to pay attention to when you're working with settlement partners and borrowers. SnapDocs provides a really elegant solution 
encourage you to check it out. Listen to the interview we did with Vishal Ra on September 13th. And also, you know, talk about telling your story, being able to do it and do it well. You know, there's an old proverb that says, let another man's mouth praise you, not that of your own. Success Kit. I want you guys to get to know Success Kit because what they can do to help you create a testimonial that really improves your credibility and helps get your message out. I encourage you to check out successkit.io. Also, joining us now as a new sponsor is our good friend Brent Emler. We had them on November 29th. Check out LendersToolkit.com. Let's get over to Rob Van Ratforce with the MBA Mortgage Minute and see what Rob has for us. Rob? Hi, I'm Rob Van Ratforce. Welcome to the Mortgage Minute and the latest news from the Mortgage Bankers Association. Last week, HUD released much-needed guidance around the application of special purpose credit programs under the Fair Housing Act. This announcement is a response from MBA and the National Fair Housing Alliance, who earlier this year called on HUD to clarify that these programs were in fact acceptable under the Fair Housing Act. Now, a special credit program is a program under the Equal Credit Opportunity Act, or ECOA, that a lender creates to help low-income and historically disadvantaged borrowers. These people may not have the traditional requirements needed for a loan or have affordability challenges. So, financial institutions tailor products to meet their needs. However, there were questions about whether these programs under ECOA comply with the Federal Fair Housing Act, a different statute that covers mortgage lending. So, HUD's guidance clarifies that if these special credit programs conform with the Equal Credit Opportunity Act, then they generally would not violate the Fair Housing Act. MBA released a statement in response applauding HUD for this clarification even though there are a few nuances we hope to address in the future. That said, the issue is a priority for MBA's Minority Homeownership Task Force, and we look forward to working with HUD in the future. That's it for this week. Thanks for joining me. I'm so grateful for what the MBA is doing through the uh, HUD programs, through all the programs, all their initiatives to help increase home ownership and do what they can on many aspects, especially when you look at the underprivileged. So kudos to the MBA. So grateful for our partnership with it. Anyway, Rob, good job. Appreciate it very much. Let's get over to Les Parker with the TM Spotlight and this week's macro view of the markets. TM Spotlight Soundbite is brought to you by Power Seller, making hedging easy. Trading today on the crest of the Fed, it's like magic. Traders continue to wonder if the peak of the Fed's intervention is over. Think about Aesop's fable, the scorpion and the frog. The scorpion's nature stings its enablers. The lesson lives in the global markets with its various players, where it's hard to distinguish the villains from the heroes. Since the advent of the financial crisis in 2007 to today, the Fed actively intervened in the market's affairs. Can it stop and return to pre-COVID and pre-financial crisis days? It's a living thing. Is it a terrible thing to lose? It's a given thing. What a terrible thing to lose. These views are my own. Dive into the living thing at tmspotlight.com. Yeah, that's good. I love Parker. Good again, Chabon, teaming up to do another great TM Spotlight 
a segment of the Macro View of the Markets. Thanks, Les. Appreciate it very much. You can sign up again for the paid version of the newsletter with the word power. So appreciate it. I'm so grateful to have health. Man, but someone who is not suffering from health but suffering from a lack of sleep is our good friend Matt Graham with MBS Live. He just flew in late last night from his son. I love parents that just really pour into their kids at this stage in their lives. And Matt, I'm just so grateful for you to be on the podcast. So sleep deprived. How are you doing, friend? Sleep yeah. deprived, but it's worth it, right? There, there are and worse things to lose, lose sleep over for sure. Yeah. Well, um, you don't get these years back. But anyway, it's good to have you back. What you got for us? <laughs> yeah, it's an interesting time. And first off, I want to say Les's segment is just right on. I mean, a lot of people that I talk to have been wondering this for years now after QE1. And then especially after QE2 and 3, is this just the new way it's going to be forever and ever? Is the Fed going to just always be buying some bonds or reinvesting some bonds and then maybe stopping for a little bit only to have to get involved again when the next poo hits the fan? And, you know, I think a lot of people would like to know. uh, A lot of people have strong opinions on it. I think there is some hypothetical situation in the future where they could get out. Clearly, they are decreasing their amount of bond buying presently. And we're going to talk in a bit about how they want to accelerate that. And the market's reaction is kind of interesting and paradoxical. But, you know, I don't know what the implications are going to be going forward, but it's just a, it's an interesting thing to keep in mind and, and to watch to see how it unfolds. So we'll get to the Fed being the central point of conversation in the current week. But to set up the current week, we go back to two weeks ago when the Omicron news cycle flared mm-hmm. and a lot of concern about that. And a very logical sell-off in stocks and rally in bonds two weeks ago. And that was incredibly linear. You can take a chart of stocks, say S&P futures, since that trades overnight, and overlay that with 10-year treasury yields. And they are almost right on top of each other the whole time. Then in the following week, we had several articles and some comments on news interviews from officials saying that hey, maybe this Omicron thing won't be quite as bad as we thought. That's the gist of those comments anyway. It's not necessarily exactly what they said, but that was the takeaway. And when that happened, you saw stocks reverse and bond yields reverse. And stocks, as many people know, recovered all of their pre-Omicron losses and are sort of hanging out at those levels right now. But the bond market did much better. It did not follow stocks all the way back up last week. And I think that was really notable because we did have a treasury auction cycle and corporate bond issuance adding to that supply side of the market. And that typically causes a little bit of drama for bonds on auction weeks. And then we also had lurking in the background the week before and heading into that weekend, Fed speakers really being blunt about accelerating the tapering process in order to get to a point where they could hike rates quicker to combat inflation that is no longer seen to be transitory. But, you know, Powell in his congressional testimony even said that time to drop the transitory verbiage when we're referring to inflation. And then he also yeah. said the things about accelerating the tapering process. I think given all that and given the fact that stocks were moving back in the other direction, oil was moving back in the other direction, and just the general low level of interest rates in the big picture, it's striking and perhaps encouraging to see bonds hold their ground as well as they did last week. There wasn't a ton of important economic data, but the most important report was probably the CPI data on Friday, Consumer Price Index, and it was very well received 
given that it came in at the highest levels in 30 years. Those were in line with economists' expectations, so there's a little bit of an explanation for that. But nonetheless, inflation is high, and uh, bonds had a lot of supply to deal with. Bonds are worried about the Fed accelerating the taper. And nonetheless, they leveled off without making any new highs on Friday and actually stayed under Wednesday's level. Oh, yes, and there was a really bad 30-year bond auction on Thursday, and that didn't seem to phase the bond market either. So we're seeing some some resilience here, and maybe, fingers crossed, let's be optimistic, but from an objective standpoint, the bond market was more resilient than it should have been heading into the end of last week. Now, this week could be a different story. By coming in as expected, that CPI report really put more emphasis on Mm -hmm. this week's Fed. For instance, if it had been much higher than expected, then the market would have shifted to uh, forecast or expect that the Fed would be more hawkish, less bond friendly this week. And so we right. would have gotten some of that movement out of the way on Friday. But by coming in as expected, it sort of makes the Fed reaction that much more volatile because we don't know exactly how they're going to play it. A lot of people think that the Fed is simply going to double the pace of tapering. So increase treasuries to 20 a month as opposed to 10 and increase MBS to 10 a month as opposed to five. But there are also some calls for just a 50% increase. So taking it up to $15 billion a month in treasuries and 7.5 in MBS. Either way, that's going to accelerate their balance sheet wind down and get them to a point where they can hike rates sooner if that's what they decide they need to do. I think if they do that, they'll do it in a dovish sort of way where they say, we just want the flexibility. We want the latitude to be able to do those rate hikes. And we just don't like to do rate hikes if we're still adding to the balance sheet on right. the, the bond buying side of things. Now, one Fed speaker, I think it was Bullard, said we could hike rates before we stop tapering, but only times I've heard a Fed speaker say that, so I'm not sure how well received that idea is on the committee. But anyway, the bottom line is Wednesday afternoon, 2 p.m., we get the Fed announcement. They're probably going to say something about accelerating tapering. They're also going to be releasing their summary of economic projections, which includes the infamous dot plot that forecasts rate levels that each Fed member is expecting. And usually that produces a, a good amount of volatility on those four meetings a year where those come good out. Point. So really good. if you got locks to lock, you might want to make sure they're in by Wednesday. Or if you're yeah. a big gambler, you might want to look for opportunity on Wednesday afternoon. Blow on those dice, roll them if you want to, but man, play it smart, play it smart. One question that just came in from one of our listeners, Matt, for you specifically was, hey, I love your, love your system. Kudos to you for what you do. You discovered you through Liquid on Lending, and we're grateful for this service. One of the things they said he knows you do, most likely, presumably. What is the general flavor on from originators out there that you're hearing? Bullish about 2022, concerned, general thoughts. Yeah, tempered expectations, right? Every time we have these boomy cycles like we had in 20 and 2021, mm-hmm. then, you know, leaner times ahead, but not so lean that the people that are have the realtor relationships or that have uh, reliable database marketing strategies are going to struggle during those times right. and maybe not say they shouldn't be in the industry, but that are not necessarily yeah. as dedicated yeah. to being in it for the long haul. Those fruits might get shaken from the tree, let's say. Yeah. And so that's an opportunity for everybody. But, yeah. you know, I think in our community, people are pretty good about trying to keep other people grounded and say, make hay while the sun shines and don't go do. buy Ferraris just because you made a million dollars this year, because you might not next year. You know, I think it's important that we all keep a level set optics here. I mean, 
you know, the forward-looking forecast for 2022, pick your poison, 2.5 to $2.7 trillion in origination volume. And who knows where it comes in, but that's where the forecasts are kind of bunched around right now. Look, in 2019, we were a two, a 2.1 trillion market. So if you just isolate on 2020 and 2021, sure, the number looks bad, arm certainly looks challenging. But if you look back over 2016, 2017, 2018, 2019, that $2.7 trillion forecast for 2022 is still a hefty number. That's a great number. Yeah. Realistic number. Yeah. As opposed to uh, all-time crazy numbers from the last two years. So I think Matt's comment around tempered expectation really resonates with me, David, just because 2022 will be the third best origination year out of the last seven or eight years. Wow. I think uh, and additional runs toward low rates are possible. And when those happen, if they happen, then that creates uh, little pockets of mini booms for refis. It's always going to be the case that those who are fostering strong realtor relationships are going to have the most consistent experience but that we wouldn't say that refi opportunity is dead, especially, you know, niche opportunities that that some people focus on. Yeah. Great commentary. Jack, thanks for jumping in. Appreciate that. Matt, I love the perspective. I love your website. It is just elegant and it is so powerful. And folks, you can get signed up for an extended trial without a credit card. I think you should just sign up. This thing is such a powerful tool. Everyone that I've got, just sign up. Just put that credit card in there and do it. You won't regret it. And um, Matt, I'm so grateful for you to be a part of the podcast. Appreciate you, friend. Yeah, let's get over to Alice Alvey, CMB Vice President of Education and Training at Union Home Mortgage with this week's legislative update. Alice, there's so much. We missed you last week. Thanks. Well, I'm glad you're feeling better. And I, I really did want to start out my segment by just saying all our hearts and prayers are out to those who experienced wow. all the devastating storms over the it's weekend. Good. It's just horrible. Um, Rob Christman had a link to the NPR video, the drone footage, that was very impactful. So I just thought I'd give a shout out to a lot of us who had a very, very fortunate and prosperous 2021, 22, as the guys were just talking about. So USA Today, I noticed, had a whole list of places that people can donate to, reputable ways to be able to reach out and help if you can't get out there and help. I know we've got family out that way as well. I know my sister was hunkered down in her shelter and they're all okay, but even just being on the fringe of that storm was Mm. very frightening. So our thoughts and prayers are out to all of you who were impacted by that storm or your friends and family. Thank you so much for bringing that up. I wanted to earlier. So the good news that I have is there isn't any big legislation pending because Congress gets <laughs> busy with other things this yeah. time of year. So I'm happy to say I have nothing big and new to report. Just wanted to touch briefly on a couple of things. I know I, we keep getting listeners asking if we've heard anything else about the uh, appraisal reduction right. that Fannie Mae announced during the MBA National Conference. And there isn't anything new There's definitely some discussion going on behind the scenes at the MBA and along with the agencies. So we're just going to hold our breath until after the first of the year to see if we can get something at that time. This is not the time of the year. New big announcements Mm -hmm. like that will come out. So we'll wait and see. But as of now, I did double check this morning and there's nothing new on being able to expand our use of the 2055. 
And then just last but not least, I was just checking through some announcements and things and changes that Danny and Freddie have made. Just so I have something for everybody. Check your power of attorney stuff. Really tightened down on this. Really tightened down. I mean, it's got to be natural disaster, medical emergency before you're using a power of attorney. And oddly enough, they'll accept it on a cash out refi, whereas Fannie Mae will not accept it on a cash out refi. So just really make sure you hone in your skills on POAs. You don't want to get that part wrong. So that was just one thing I thought I'd throw out. And other than that, Dave, I'll kick it back to you for my short little sweet segment. I was on with Mitch Kiter, uh, Alice. And one of the things that we were talking about is one of the things that he's seen going on. Again, consolidation within the industry. We'll talk more about with Alan in just a minute. Mm -hmm. We're seeing a lot of that happening, but we're all also seeing the state level legislation. And so do you have any commentary about thoughts about the state regulators and their increased oversight of our industry? It came across as almost like this is almost repressive. Yeah, we are seeing new things come from state regulators. So I'll do some digging. I don't want to shoot from the hip right now. And we'll (laughs) prepare some follow up for everybody in the coming weeks. That would be awesome. And we're also going to get Mitch back on the podcast. So I'm looking forward to that as well. Alice, thank you so much. Merry Christmas to you as well. And Matt and everyone else on the podcast. Ben to say that after each one of the segments. But I uh, appreciate you so much for being such a longstanding friend and being here with me from the beginning of the podcast. Yeah, the last full week for the rest of the year, everybody. Cheers. Let's get over to Alan Pollack. Good to have you, Alan, with this week's weekly update. How are you doing, my friend? How are things in Florida? I was thinking of Floridians. When you guys are down there enjoying the nice temperatures, (laughs) and we're we're dealing with 30-some degrees. Not very often we deal with that in Texas, but we do. So Uh, how are you doing? I'm doing great. It was... 80 this weekend in North Florida. It was amazing. I was out in the water, and so was everybody else. And today it's a little chilly. It's probably in the 60s, maybe early, late 70s. But remember, for us, it gets cold when the temperature drops like that. For everyone else in the rest of the country that is fortunate enough to have the cold weather, when it becomes 60 out, you know, the the convertibles come down and the windows go open. And that's always funny, but Florida's great. And, David, I'm happy to hear your voice, and you sound great. So good to have you back. Yeah, we got so much cool stuff going on. The industry's a little quiet, just like Alice said. I thought you'd find this quite interesting. I saw this article. Get this. Companies, their printers, all right, are mm-hmm. apparently getting spammed by anti-work manifestos. So, in other words, the digital receipts, the printers that you find at different companies out there in the world are getting spammed. People are hacking into them and writing things on those receipts that are going to consumers, and it's stirring a lot of eyes. In the world of everything digital, it is a real thing, and you should check your receipt when you go to the store, let's put it that way. It sounds like there's probably some kind of patch to some type of software. It was on Gizmodo if you want to Google it and check it out, but it says a new report suggests someone has been hacking company printers and making them emit anti-work sentiment. So Google it, check it out. It's really, really funny. David, let's talk about a couple other quick little things. Probably you didn't hear, but home inspection, Zillow is rethinking them, and they just landed an $8 million deal for a Seattle startup, Inspectify. And they partnered up with a company called Fly Homes. The, yeah, it's a two-year-old company. They're brand new. They've taken $8 million from several VCs, and the goal is really to find a new way to manage home inspections. So fantastic area to leverage technology, and I think that's a really cool idea. Cryptocurrency. 
Have you crypto. heard much about cryptocurrency lately, David? So the thing with crypto right now is a lot of folks, and when I say folks, I mean companies, are more easily adopting either payments that mm-hmm. are auto-converting into U.S. dollar or that are crypto. If you remember, Elon Musk had stated for a moment that he was accepting you can buy a Tesla with crypto, and then he kind of put that on pause. I think it's coming back. But there's all kinds of stuff with crypto going on. Your Venmo account now has built-in crypto. PayPal has built-in crypto. Well, Walmart, get this, Walmart is ready to start accepting cryptocurrencies. So I know there's a lot of gray area in the mortgage industry with crypto, but there are a lot of assets that people have that with the IRS now have to be declared. There was a loophole that's been closed. So whether it's a borrower's eligibility and their assets in crypto or actually paying for things in crypto, it's going to become a hot topic in mortgage and there will be some technology, I'm sure, around it. But the crypto markets are not doing so great right now. But I thought that was interesting. So here's a funny one. So we all love coffee, and we all love the jokes <laughs> that people do with coffee when you go to Starbucks and they make a funny hint with the name. Well, back to David chatbots and robotic automation and all the cool things that are going on. There is a hysterical Geico commercial. It is a robot. And he is trying to do stuff on the computer, and he gets with the CAPTCHA. Even us humans can't do it, right? It's like highlight all the bridges in the picture, and you, you think you got them all, and then you have to do that five more times. Well, it shows him getting really frustrated. and uses his laser beams to cut the computer in half, and he's talking to a human <laughs> next to him trying to get help. Well, they, they put the name on the coffee, and they at the end of the commercial, they go, Rob Ott, your coffee is ready, instead of robot. So it was pretty funny. If you haven't seen it yet, yeah. it's a good chuckle. So... Here's a tech alert, David, getting away from funny stuff. Next Mortgage News, they stated, and I read this today, there is a 94% year-over-year increase in the foreclosure activity in our market. In November alone, there was between 19 and 20,000 properties that fell into this class. And I say tech alert because if you are listening to this and you are thinking about investing in technology or building technology, this problem is not going to go away. Because if you think about somebody who needs to get out of a house, what are they going to move into? Home prices are are extremely high, or they're just in an unfortunate situation. They need to downgrade or get out anyways, and they're trying to ride the market as long as they can or ride the home and the bank as long as they can. Either way, there's lots of opportunity in different kinds. may not always be helping the homeowner stay in that property. It may be helping them into something else and doing something with that property. But it's a tech alert. Check it out. I don't think that's going to change much. We've had some folks on the podcast, David, that we talked to about technology and the servicing and the pre-foreclosure side. I think that's a fantastic area. There's great things going on. More there. Loan quality management, David, to prevent foreclosures. ACES, right? Another big name in the loan quality management side of our industry. Well, they just did a partnership with a reg tech platform. Companies called Winnow. I haven't heard of them but it is um, a technology of all compliance and regulatory information made up by a team of attorneys. And this database is now going to be integrated directly inside of ACES. So if you are doing your loan quality management or your post-close QC or your pre-ship delivery, whatever it is with ACES, they just are, I don't know if they finished it or they're doing it. You want to check that out. One more thing, David, to mention on the vendor side, Open Close, the company I work at, we just yeah. launched our native mobile app, native Android, native Apple, and native iPad for loan originators, giving them the freedom to be wherever they want at any time. So consumers all want everything when they want it, right? They want to do things on their own and kind of pull the ripcord and get that help. Well, originators need to be ready and they need to have the same tools. So we just did that at open close. 
Now, David, so the Moscow method, it, only reason I mention it is everyone needs to get prepared for 2022. I can talk more about it next week, but the goal is to think about what you must have, what's nice to have, what you may have, and what you won't have. And if you categorize your 2022 technology plan, you will be able to figure out exactly what it is. And the last thing I'll leave you with, David, is overambitious or overcautious, which is better. Hmm. And Moscow uh, Method is going to help you get there. Oh, good. Can't wait till next week then. Get to hear about that. So we have to come back next week? Awesome. And again, Moscow stands for, just give everyone the, it's an acronym. What does it stand for again? I actually don't know what all the letters stand for, but it's a prioritization method. A lot of people look at it as time boxing, which is, this is a much easier, but it's, it's yeah. David simply must have, should have, could have, and won't have. Well, I just looked it up and that's exactly what it is. It is must have, should have, could have, will not have. That's a really important part because I think more and more people, lenders are struggling with that, especially when we see consolidation, a lot, lot, lot of consolidation going on in the tech space. Thank you so much, Alan, for being here as you are each week, bringing us wisdom and uh, insights and uh, a little bit of humor. Appreciate it, Fred, very much. Thank you. You bet. Jack Nunnery, as we uh, wrap up the first part of the segment, any thoughts and wisdom you want to share with our listening audience as we wrap this first segment up? Well, David, I'm going to be a very interested third party watching Friday's Fed meetings. It really is read between the lines, you know, as Matt was saying, inflation. I mean, there was a fundamental shift in Jerome Powell's words when he kind of closed the lid on transitory inflation. And, Mm -hmm. And basically what he's saying, David, is it's no longer transitory. You know, it's inflation. We've got to deal with it. And I look to see more posturing to accelerate tapering. And then does that move forward that mid-2022 rate hike that the market has out in front of it, David? So I think Wednesday's a big day. Listeners need to make sure that they dig into the FOMC meeting. I think it really sets a tone for what we can expect here over the next three to four months from the Fed. Good point, Jack. Keeping us focused on what is probably going to be the biggest news of the week. Appreciate it very much. Thanks for being uh, on here with me and co-hosting this. I appreciate you. So, Jack, thanks. Appreciate you wrapping it up with me. All right, folks, that ends this week's weekly mortgage update. We take this podcast. Those of you listening live, just stay right here. We'll continue right on. Those listening on a downloaded basis, move on to the next topic. So that wraps up the first half of the podcast. Folks, so good to have you be a part of the podcast. I want to say a special thank you to our sponsors, Finastra, CMLA, Lenders One, Incelerate, Mobility, MMI, Modex, MBA, the Knowledge Cube, Mortgage Collaborative, SnapDoc, Success Kit, and now Lenders Toolkit. Great toolkits out there, folks, and we're thrilled. Next week, we got Ben Turling of Mobility MMI and also Mobility RE. Again, they have two focuses with the real estate side and on the recruiting side. So look forward to having you back here and listening to our live interview with Ben Turling. So good to have you with us, everybody. Have a great week. Look forward to having you back here next week. You've been listening to Lickin' on Lending, a weekly mortgage market update with your host, David Lickin of Transformational Mortgage Solutions. Join us next week, and thanks for listening.